Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin. Ve salatu ve selamu ala eşrafil enbiyayi vel mursalin. Muhammedur Resulullah sallallahu aleyhi ve alihi ve sellem. Teslimen kathiran kathira. Fama vadu. My brothers and sisters and elders, we are on the story of Abu Bakr al-Siddiq al-Anu. And I'm trying to, when I'm doing the series on Sahab, I'm trying to just take, cherry pick some of the incidents because this each Life of each Sahabi is worth, you know, a whole study. We don't have time for this, so small incidents. I spoke to you already about one or two of them. Today I want to speak to you about two very important incidents in the life of Abu Bakr Siddiq which where he stands apart from all the others, as in many cases. The first is when Rasulullah went on this journey of Isra al-Miraj, and when he returned, the first person that he mentioned this trip to was Baraka bin Salaba, who was the freed slave of his mother, Umma Ayman, radiallahu anha. The lady who, she was the only person who knew Rasulullah from the day he was born to the day he died. And who was with him the continuous life, the whole time, whole period, she was in his household. And she was married to Zaid bin Haritha radiallahu and the son from that marriage was Usama bin Zaid radiallahu So when Rasulullah returned from Isa al-Miraj, the first person that he mentioned this to was Umm Ayman. Umm Ayman said to him, Ya Rasulullah, do not mention this to anybody. He said, I believe you, but don't tell anybody. Rasulullah said, I have been commanded to tell people. So he announced. So when he announced, somebody went and informed Abu Jahl. So Abu Jahl came running. And he said to him, Ya Muhammad wasallam, tell me what is the story. So Nabi wasallam explained to him, this is what happened to me. I went from Makkah to Masjid Al-Aqsa to Jerusalem. From there I went in the heavens and I came back and so on. Abu Jahl listened to the whole thing and he said, Will you stick by this? Will you say the same thing? I will call all the people. Will you say the same thing to them? Rasulullah said, Yes. Abu Jahl went and he called everybody. Because now he thought this is, I have got him now. Khalas, this is the end of prophethood. This is the end of everything. He got everybody. Then he said, listen to what Muhammad Wasallam is saying. Rasulullah explained the whole story to him. And there was huge pandemonium. The people were laughing and this and that. And people said, this is, how is it possible? It's completely impossible. We went from here to there and there and there. You know, when I sometimes read these stories, I thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused us to be born when he caused us to be born. Where stories like this, like the Isawal Miraj, like for example, the story of Maryam alayhi salam. Right? Here is this pious lady who nobody has touched and suddenly one day she is pregnant. And suddenly one day she comes out with a child. We know these stories as the word of Allah, Jalla Jalalhu, as stories of the Quran. So we, we have yaqeen on them. Alhamdulillah. Imagine if you and I were alive at that time in Masjid Al-Aqsa when Masjid Maryam salam is coming there, Zakaria salam is there and she has a baby. What would, you, what would you do? What would I do? May Allah has mercy on us. Alhamdulillah. We are not faced with these trials. 
when rasul sallallahu announced the isra wal miraj issue there were many muslims who became murtad they left islam yeah there were sahaba who were who had been muslim until then when they heard the story this is khalas this is not possible <coughs> to this day there are people who who <coughs> who object to this and who have uh, arguments and they say no no it was only a dream he did not go in in uh, in his physical form how could he have gone so on so on so on a side note we thank allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alhamdulillah allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused us to be born where when we are born so for us this is a statement of the quran we we accepted our aqida as far as the isra and miraj is concerned is rasul sallallahu went in his human form and how he went is the qudrat of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so this happened now there's big laughing and what not and abu zahal thought this is now the end of this whole story of islam khalas Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam has himself destroyed whatever credibility was there. Somebody went to Abu Bakr as-Siddiq Khadra. He was not part of this. He was in his house. They went to him. They said to him, "Do you know what your friend is saying?" He said, "What is he saying?" They said, "This is he says that he went from Makkah to to Jerusalem and then he went to the heavens and he went to first heaven, second heaven, what not and he came back and all in the space of this one night Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu answer is a statement which is one of the most beautiful statements and which is a statement which is as far as we are concerned it is uh, one of the principles in the authentication of hadith in the ilm of authentication of hadith his statement is one of the principles which is used one of the fundamental principles what did he say he said if he said that i believe So what is he saying? He's not saying. Yeah, he is not saying. I believe what he said. No, no. He said if he said. So first of all, he's saying you are coming and telling me. How do I know you are speaking the truth? I don't know if you are speaking. Maybe you, maybe you made up this whole thing. So I'm not just believing. But if he said that, I believe. So in the authentication of hadith, what is authenticated? Whether Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said it or not. the actual what he said there are many hadith where what he said you may not understand it may not make within court scientific sense to you but we believe that why because we know that authentically rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said this the chain of narration of narration is authentic he said if he said that i believe second incident with abu bakr siddiq radhiallahu is in the during the time of the treaty of uh the sulah hudaybiyah treaty of hudaybiyah and again it's a long and very beautiful story we don't have time for that here but the incident in that story where abu now you know what this whole story was right i mean in the sense of the treaty that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was agreeing to and suhail bin amr radiyallahu anhu later on he became muslim became a very good muslim alhamdulillah and suhail bin amr incidentally this is how allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses suhail bin amr radiyallahu anhu first of all came to hudaybiyah as the uh, negotiator on behalf of the quraish so he was not a muslim he was a negotiator he was a good negotiator for them he was from the perspective of the muslims he was very hard very harsh and you know they didn't like him and and the kind of things he said including when nabi sallallahu said to said ali write down treaty between muhammad rasulullah he said no we don't accept this rasulullah what is rasulullah we don't accept if we accept rasulullah then there is there is no there is no problem right there is no conflict He said, "We know you. We know your father." So he said, "Muhammad, Muhammad ibn Abdullah." 
So Sayyidina Ali, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, okay, he had already written, he said, rub it out. Sayyidina Ali said, I will not rub it out. How will I rub out Rasulullah? This is my iman. So Rasulullah himself rubbed it out. And then it was written, Muhammad ibn Abdullah. This same Suhail bin Amr, in the time of the wars of the Ridda, when people were becoming murdered, Suhail bin Amr is single-handedly responsible for keeping Makkah on Iman, on, on Tawhid. The governor of Makkah ran away. He, he was hiding. He, there was so much danger. He, he disappeared. Suhail bin Amr stood in, in the haram and he made a speech and he kept people together. And he said, we will not leave this deen. We will pay. Imagine if Makkah had become Murtad. It could have become. Same way. And I see, see the khidmat, see the khudrat of Allah. This is the man who negotiated the treaty of Hudaybiyah. He is the one who is holding, holding everybody together on. Because he was supposed to be a very fantastic orator and all that. So anyway. So this treaty is going on. And the treaty is very humiliating for the Muslims. Completely one-sided. Siding with the Quraysh. Humiliating for the Muslims. Everybody is very upset. Now Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab His mizaj, his... his thing was he he was vocal he would he would ask questions that that's that doesn't mean that he had the, he was the only one with the question maybe maybe many people if not all people had the questions they didn't have the the jurat the 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 courage to speak in front of Mr. Salam. so they kept quiet but the question was there Sayyidina Amr Adelana would ask so he went to Rasulullah he said Ya Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam are you not the messenger of Allah Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said yes I am the messenger of Allah then he said, Ya Rasulullah, is it not true that these people are wrong and we are right? Nabi Sallallahu said, yes, they are wrong and we are right. Because meaning they are mushrikeen and we are on tawheed. He said, then why are we accepting this treaty? We will fight. Why are we accepting this treaty? Rasulullah said, I have been commanded by Mayram. He was not satisfied. He went to Abu Siddiq Adalana. He asked him. He said, is he not the messenger of Allah? Abu Siddiq Adalana said, yes, he is the messenger of Allah. He said, are we not right and are they not wrong? Abu Siddiq said, yes, we are right, they are wrong. Then why is he accepting this treaty? Abu Siddiq said to him, you shut your mouth. He said, hold on to the stirrup of Rasulullah and he will lead you to Jannah. He is doing what his Rabb has told him and his Rabb will not abandon him. Right? Sayyidina Umar got onto his horse and he rode away. And that is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed, Inna fatahna like a fatah mubin. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Where did he call him? Call him Arabi al-Khattab. Then when he came, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed. Inna fatahna like a fatah mubin. Many, many years later, Sayyidina Umar al-Khattab during his khilafah, Abu Ghar Siddiq has passed away, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam passed away. During his khilafah, Umar al-Khattab is walking. There were a group of people sitting and these people were talking. And Sayyidina Umar overheard them. These people are saying, you know, the best Khalifa we have is Umar ibn al-Khattab. He is the, he is the absolutely the best. There's no one before him or after who can, who can be this good. And they were praising him. Sayyidina Umar stopped. He said, stop saying all this. He said, there was one who was so superior to me that I could not even go close to him. He said, who is that? They said, Abu Bakr. They said, Abu Bakr. They said, Why? He said, I am prepared to give my whole life, meaning all my good deeds and the good deeds of my entire family for one day and one night in the life of Abu Bakr. Yeah? I am prepared to give 
all my good deeds and the good deeds of everybody in my family in exchange for one day and one life one one day and one night in the life of Bakr Siddiq they said which day and which night he said the day of Hudaybiyah and the night in the Ghar in the Ghar Sawar that one day and one night he said it is worth more than my entire life and the life of all my all my family he said, after asking that question in Hudaybiyah to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Nabi he said, my whole life I have spent making istighfar, making tawbah, giving charity and begging Allah to forgive me for questioning Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Huh? Finally, Abu Ghazal is dying. They asked him, they said uh, to him, you are ill, uh, can we call the tabib, can we call the doctor to see you? He said, my doctor has seen me, but my tabib has seen me. Eh? Then he called Aisha Siddiqa and he said, when did your husband die? Which day? So she said, Monday. He said, what day is today? She said, Monday. Then he gave her two wasiyat. He said, one, I should be buried in whatever I am wearing. Don't waste good new cloth for kafan. Good cloth is for dead, for life people, for dead people, it goes into the soil. No need to put a new cover. And then he said, bring me, and he told her to bring, bring her, bring him some paper. He said, this is paper for a piece of land which I have in Medina. He said, give this to Umar ibn al-Khattab, who will be the Khalifa, and say, I am giving this for the to the Baytul Man. Because, he said, this is, the value of this is more than the salary that I have taken for two years. I'm giving it back. Eh? The salary was not haram. This is salary which they, they decided. They saw him going to the market. They said, where are you going? He said, I'm going to, for my family. I, I don't take money. They said, no, 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 hold on. You, you are the Khalifa. We need you to be full time for the, for the people. So we will pay you. So they forced it on him. What is the salary? This, you know, that amount. Minimal amount, what, what there was. One day his wife brought some sweet. He said, how did you get this sweet? He said, no, I was saving some money. And we finally got some money for, enough money for some sugar, so I, I made the sweet. He said, how much money? So much he calculated. He said, this money is back to the Baitul Mal. This is extra money. We don't need this. Despite that, he gives away this thing. When Aisha Siddiqa gave the paper to Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab, he held his head and he sat down on the ground. He said, your father has made it very difficult for all of us. He said, may Allah bless your father. He has made it very tough for all of us. This is Abu Bakr, Abu Bakr Siddiqa. The purpose of all this is for us to have these standards in our lives. Not just for the stories, but for to hold ourselves accountable and try to reach. I don't claim that anybody is going to become like Abu Qasidah, but what are the principles? The principle of yaqeen in the word of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa wasallam. If he said it, I believe. Whatever it might be. What is our attitude towards the hadith of Islam? What is our attitude towards the rulings of, of Rasulullah What should it be? What is our attitude with regard to the work of deen? 
Today we have people who have turned the deen into a dukan, into a, into a business. And then they give the dalil of this. Abu Bakr Siddiq took a, took a salary. So I tell them, tell me the whole story. Don't tell me only one part of the story. He took a salary, yes. Then what did he do? So don't take a piece of the story which is convenient for you to justify what you are doing. Tell the whole story. If you want to quote, then tell the whole story. So these are markers for us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jala jala to forgive us. <coughs> we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the strength and the sabr and the ability to try to emulate these great people in this deen. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jala jala to treat us with his, to cover us with his mercy and with his forgiveness and not to compare us with the Sahaba of Rasulullah We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, to forgive us and to save us from Jahannam because this will please Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Not because we deserve it, but because it will please Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.